1: And uh, I saw some kids running around with their shirt it. on and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure.
0: Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean they think I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up
1: you kinda look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But um you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanna make sure
2: Connect
0: to more. we got all the good jams here on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Nuana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television missed anything in the first hour. Tucker Sargent, University of Montana Lacrosse head coach, came by and gave us a preview of next week's national semifinals. Grizz already into the semifinals, one of the top four teams in the MCLA, so they have a chance at a national championship for Grizzly Lacrosse. We also talked New England Patriots. And Aaron Rodgers potentially out in San Francisco with Tuck. We also heard from Brooks Nuanes, at as well as my brother and our NFL aficionado, talked all things draft, particularly outside of the quarterback rooms, because I think that is something that hasn't gotten a lot of play uh, around ESPN Radio or around the national narrative surrounding this draft. We will have full coverage of the NFL draft. We already have, as you hear, uh, in the first hour of the show. We will continue that with both Carol and the Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports here coming up in just a few minutes as well as with Kyle Sample, our good buddy, uh, friend of the show, former uh, Montana-wide journalist, worked for me at SkylineSportsMT.com for a while, former Missoulian and Helena independent record and Bozeman Chronicle writer as well. I uh, hope be stopping by to give us a bunch of thoughts about the NFL draft as well. He's actually here, but we got to get to Carolyn first because, of course, it's ladies first. And we also talked a little bit of grid soccer in the first segment as well. So if you missed anything in the first hour, find it on the podcast. Podcast available on all of your podcast hosting platforms, to search N-U-A-N-E-Z. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. The podcast is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications. Well, we moved this awesome segment, one of your favorite segments, from Friday to Thursday, mostly because Thursday is a little less busy during spring and summer, except... This is the busiest Thursday of the spring because it is the night of the NFL draft, but that's okay. We're still going to bust out the chick who doesn't know sports with our good friend Carolyn, and that's where we have to start because the very first segment of this uh, show, uh, or this collaboration, years ago, was you making fun of the NFL draft. Yeah. What are your thoughts now? Because this is going to be the first, this is like back to the normal NFL draft, normal quote unquote, with there's actually players in the green room and people getting showed on TV and people booing the picks. What do you think?
2: Well, you know how I feel about this. I would like people to be respectful. Um, I think it's so rude when you boo someone's pick. This is like, <laughs> this is what these kids are working they're butts off for, and they get booed? Like, no. Rude. So that's how I feel about that.
0: I find it so fascinating because the NFL is so highly exposed that, of course, all the guys that are getting picked, there's no like mystery. They all know fully what every team is like in terms of their success level and things like that. They might not know the inner workings of what the general manager is like or the vice president or anything like that, but... Generally, they know the players on the team, the coach, even if they don't specifically know them. They're all huge NFL fans, right? And it's always so funny when guys get drafted by, like, the Jets. Because they're like, on one hand, wow, I'm going to the NFL. I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm going to New York City. And on the other hand, you're like, well, the Jets have sucked, sucked, sucked for, like, 10 years. So how am I going to get over this? So it's like this clashing of emotions. The guys that are the most... uh, How do you say arrogance, the wrong word, but the most sure of themselves, oftentimes they are completely unenthused. I mean, that's how you get a situation like Eli Manning, where he gets traded the day of the draft because he's like, well, nope, not going to San Diego. I'm going
2: to New York City, Um, which I also find rude. (laughs) I feel like you have worked. You got your college paid for. These people want you and you're going to say no. Rude. get some manners. (laughs) Listen, if you're that good, make the team better
0: that that's true that's true and, and it is the great what ifs always like what if Phillip Rivers and, and Eli Manning would not have gotten traded for each other on draft day some 17 years ago. If Phillip Rivers had a good career with the Chargers, but he never won Super Bowls, what if Philip Rivers would have just got to go to New York City? Right. Because I would argue that Philip Rivers is more talented than Eli Manning. A lot of times, fit goes into it, and then guys are remembered in certain ways, fairly or unfairly. So, it is interesting. Anything else on the NFL draft?
2: Well, it's funny you mention that. Um, I was watching Young Rock last night. What is that? It is the Rock's TV show. Um, about his growing up, his childhood. Do you know that I Has love there, The Rock?
0: I do know you love okay. The Rock. Has there ever been a less talented but more famous actor than The Rock? Because I love The Rock as well, but he's also just a horrific actor.
2: I mean, he's not going to win an Oscar, but I think he's hilarious. I, I mean, I find him funny.
0: Who who did it better in terms of not being able to act but still being beloved for their muscles and their personality? Arnold Schwarzenegger or The Rock?
2: Oh, The Rock, 100%. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? hmm
0: Do you think The Rock has hurt himself? He's not hurt himself in terms of fame, obviously. His fame is widespread. He is famous with you, (laughs) the chick who doesn't know sports, me, the guy who does sports talk radio, my nieces and nephews, I'm sure your kids. He's widespread as much as he possibly could, but do you think, did he he hurt his street cred by going down this sort of... Softening Disney uh, angle, in other words, being a Jumanji and stuff like that. Because that's the one argument I would make for for Arnold. Is Arnold was in yeah. Commando, Conan the Barbarian, The Terminator. Like, right. He wasn't talking, but he was he was the dude forever. So
2: I guess you said like who 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 is more beloved or beloved whatever the word beloved beloved whatever. Sure. Either way. That's why The Rock is more. Because he is just this big, lovable yeah. giant, gentle giant.
0: I guess Arnold did it later in his career, too, though, because he did, like, Jingle all the way. and. Yeah, I mean, I always cop liked cop Arnold.
2: I always like It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked him. But have,
0: you see, have you seen Kindergarten Cop?
2: Yes. So funny. So good.
0: Okay, so that actually is a... I, I contrast myself, because Arnold I, actually did this, too.
2: And I did love him. I did. Until he, you know, humped his housekeeper and had a love <laughs> child behind his wife's back. But that's oh besides... God. The yeah. Point. Can I say hump? I think so. Okay.
0: I think we got away with it. First time Carolyn said something inappropriate. And didn't commit an FCC <laughs> violation. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Mark this day. But I was watching Young Rock.
0: Okay. So is this an animated thing? No. Or? It's a,
2: he's he's it, the the premise is he's running for president in 2032.
0: So this is like a premonition of the future. I hope so. This is where it's, uh, what do they say? You're hiding in plain sight. This yeah. is the Matrix telling us what's going to happen.
2: Right, and he's on these TV, these talk shows, and he's telling stories about his childhood, and they're, they're true stories. But last night, they showed... So they go through when he's a child, like he's 10, high school, and then college when he's at University of Miami. And the really fun part about the University of Miami stuff is like Warren... They showed last night when Warren Sapp came in and came in on the D-line and basically Mm -hmm. took uh, The Rock off the roster. So
0: there's there's autobiographical elements to this then. Okay.
2: Yeah. And so they show that whole thing and they show basically that The Rock ends up not getting drafted. Right. And he... Goes into wrestling, which he grew up with. His father was a wrestler. Yeah, and his great grandfather. Yeah.
0: Great, or his grandfather is a yes. wrestler. Yep. Rocky Johnson, Rocky Maivia. Yep.
2: Yeah. So they show all of that. And it's just, uh, it's a really great show. But they did show like Warren Sapp, um, who was the other? Ray Lewis. Ray
0: Lewis. Cortez uh, Kennedy.
2: And they, we have talked about the University of Miami when they were the Cons, right? Oh, yeah,
0: Catholics versus Cons, yeah.
2: And so um, it's kind of fun to watch that, and they show real highlights of it, and then they show what happened. Basically, he. His first year of college he practically flunked out. He hurt his knee and then he came back stronger and they show him coming back stronger and he's determined to like come in and be the best player and then Warren Sapp shows up and knocks out any chance of him getting in the NFL. But look at him now.
0: Interesting. I wonder if you'd present that to Warren Sapp cuz Warren Sapp was a pro bowler. He was the defensive MVP of the NFL one year. He won a Super Bowl. He made millions of dollars and he his net worth is probably five percent of what the rocks know. So worth they is. show
2: Warren Sapp, he comes into the gym six AM, he's the first one there and Warren Sapp's in there working hard and he says straight up he is he has natural talent, but he is in there working his butt off every day. And then they show his stats, like pro bowler, MVP, da 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 And then they show the same with Ray Lewis. And so he does give them credit. And in my research for this segment today, I was looking up, and they... An old interview with Warren Sapp and The Rock. And basically, they acknowledge both things, that he came in, took over. But then Warren Sapp was like, and now look at you. <laughs> You're a billionaire.
0: So. Noana's now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Chick who doesn't know sports with her good friend, Carolyn. There's Montana ties so ripe in this, too, which I don't think that a lot of people realize. At that time, at the University of Miami, the athletic director was Sam Jankovich, who is one of the most revered and uh, probably impactful figures to ever come out of Montana. He's from Butte. He was the head football coach of Butte High School before then getting into athletic administration. But then he also hired... Dennis Erickson, who's a Montana State alum, is the head coach for the Miami He's, Hurricanes.
2: He is um, portrayed. They,
0: they present yeah, by Dennis Erickson. Yeah. Wow! And then Sonny Lubick, who's the defensive coordinator of that team, is also from Butte. So all roads lead to Butte. He's
2: not the guy that was e- that eats coffee.
0: Could be. I think that's Ed Orgeron. Yeah, I think that. Okay, so then that's another funny fold of the story. Ed Orgeron has since risen to great uh, fame as the head coach at LSU. Yes. But he he made stops at Old Miss and USC before getting to LSU. But the legend of Ed Orgeron in the 1980s and early 1990s at Miami, pretty hilarious. And The Rock said that his persona, the wrestling persona of The Rock, was a combination of his father, Rocky Johnson, his grandfather, Rocky Maivia, but the persona, more than anything, is Ed Orgeron. The the DS Bell, like all yeah. that stuff. That's that's Ed Orgeron in a nutshell. So this is funny. I've never heard of this show. So I it's great. It's it
2: on NBC, I think, and I just watch it on Hulu. But it's it's really cute. My kids love it too, and we the he has little lessons at the end, you know, and it's always great. So highly recommend it. Um, you know, I love. Oh, he even shows him in high school or in college going to the party in the whole black turtleneck, fanny pack, gold chain outfit.
0: Hilarious. I mean, he his haircut like the Jerry curl. What do you put in your hair to make it look like that? That's not even a jerry curl though, right? That's more like he yeah, had like a straight up Flat top. Pearl,
2: I don't know. Right? They didn't show products, but they. It was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I think I have a picture of it because I was laughing so hard that they showed it on the on the show. I so. think
0: now that everybody is on camera all the time, I think that's going to actually eliminate the. There. There was always the phenomenon of let's laugh at how funny it looked to wear these clothes back in this generation. Right? I don't I think that's gone now.
2: Oh no, it's not. Trust really? me. Really? No. We're gonna st- we're gonna make fun of every fashion. But style. there's not
0: really like a, an omnip. Present fashion trend anymore because everything is cool and it's not cool to make fun of anybody and it's not cool to force people into trends. Now you can literally wear like no mom jeans, no, now like
2: kids wear mom jeans and center parts and they make fun of they call uh old people, old women, old because they have a side part and wear skinny jeans. Like, uh, trust me, you're just not, you just don't get out enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What else you got? All right. So I know we have to make it quick today, but I do have to tell the story. So Bryce Harper, do you know who that is? (laughs) I
0: I do know who Bryce Harper is. I bet you most of our listeners do too.
2: I don't. I didn't know until today. Okay. Bryce Harper is
0: probably the most famous baseball player in the world. Oh. Bryce Harper was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was uh, Ben's age. Think of that.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, he got... Hit. Did you hear what happened yesterday? No, I he did not. He got hit by a 97-mile-an-hour pitch right in the face. Right in between the, face. the eyes.
0: In the face. Yes. Oh, buddy. He's not dead?
2: He's not dead. Not only is he not dead, he didn't Yikes. even get a bloody nose. He walked off the field. He walked off the field. And then he made a little video saying he's okay because I had to do all the checks and stuff. Now, I'm only telling this story because it's really impressive. Also, my son was on the trampoline on Saturday and hit his knee into his nose. And you would have thought I had to go to the ER and we were going to have surgery. He was bleeding out so bad. That's my story.
0: Some are just <laughs> built tough. I don't know. You're not, but you're not. You're not comparing and contrasting the toughness of your son to a professional athlete, right? No,
2: I'm saying. i
0: said he's just a much bloodier guy than Bryce Harper.
2: My, he's he is. I, he's got the red hair, the uh, ginger. You know, uh, the whole thing. Is that he, the worst
0: injury of his life so far? No, Ooh. no.
2: He fell in the shower and split his head open on um Yikes. like a tile step. That was horrible. Um. That's probably been the worst <laughs> the so far. I don't tell you when
0: you have boys is that uh, you better be ready to spend your entire life savings on medical bills. Oh, my
2: God. I know. Thank God. Not <laughs> too bad yet, but with ski racers. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. No, it's coming. I don't want to jinx you, but it's coming. I hate to tell you. I
2: have to tell you this other story about soccer this last weekend, and then we can be done. Okay. <laughs> so, one of Nick's teammates... They were playing in Bozeman. Nick didn't go. He wasn't feeling well yet. He was on the trampoline. So, anyway. Smooth. This kid, Tanner, gets hit. Get, there's a big kid on the other team. Kicks the soccer ball so hard. It hits this boy, Tanner, in the arm. And he's like, ow. Plays the whole game. Turns okay. out he has a broken arm. Hmm. Played the whole game.
0: Needs more milk.
2: Talk about a tough kid. Yeah, totally. Playing a soccer game with a broken arm. I love it. And then he comes to practice on Tuesday in a in a sling. Let's go. I'm like, dude, I would be milking this, <laughs> having Dairy Queen and laying up. But <laughs> go Tanner. So it was pretty impressive. I love it. Yeah.
1: What else you got? Nothing.
2: I do have one more story. Let's go. That's one cute. More. We go. Okay. Uh, sorry, Rich Eisen.
0: Yeah, Rich Eisen. Yeah. Eisen. Yeah.
2: He has this Run Rich Run event that benefits St. Jude's Hospital, and it's a forty-yard dash.
0: In his suit and shoes. Yeah. He runs it every year.
2: And um and he, then he
0: runs like a six five forty.
2: Well, I guess someone at um, the Cleveland Airport challenged him to a forty-yard dash, like in baggage claim. Nice. <laughs> and he did it, and it was super cute, and it made TMZ. Um, <laughs> I love
0: how he has to get the TMZ to get on your radar. So That's good. right.
2: But it's, it's a great event. It made me look up the event yeah. and see what it is. And it's a wonderful event that he does every year. And, um, you know, lots of NFL legends... Participate and they've raised millions of dollars for St. Jude. So I think that's pretty awesome. That's
0: super cool. Rich Eisen definitely an OG in this game, the broadcast game, one of the original Sports Center anchors, and has remade himself as one of the great guys on the NFL network. Definitely one of the best in the biz. And it's always fun watching him run his 40 yard dash and his uh, penny loafers. It
2: makes me think like if I ever meet Shaq again or (laughs) like another someone famous like athlete, I'm just going to challenge him to a 40 yard dash.
0: Well, to this day, uh, my late father he claimed that Al Michaels owes him fifty dollars. <laughs> For because what? They were at a they were at the airport in Dallas, and my dad was flying back to Montana, and Al Michaels was going wherever he was going to go. And Al Michaels' bag weighed too much, and this was in like the nineteen eighties. There was no debit cards and stuff, and he didn't have his checkbook. He didn't have any cash. And my dad, being impatient as he always was, was like, "Let's move it along. Like I don't give a I hell don't care who, who you are. are. Yeah. Here, here's fifty bucks. Get the bag off the thing. I need to check my bag. We got to go." So to this day, Al Michaels.
2: And came. he never paid him back. Have
0: ever no? He's not right. gonna go find the.
2: Did he say the, thank you? <laughs> I think he
0: said thank you. That's good. Al Michaels claims he's never eaten a vegetable.
2: Come so, on. So
0: he owes he eats nothing but steak, and he owes my dad fifty dollars. Al Michaels' two claim to fame. Wow. Nice. Who, who's going? Who is going first in the NFL draft? You have no clue, do you?
2: No, I don't have any clue. And um, all I know is if I hear any nonsense, not that I'm going to be watching, but if I hear any nonsense, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> also, you heard it here first. No booing, there, NFL fans.
2: Did, can I say one more thing? I was listening. I was watching uh, some comedy because. As you know, I like comedy and Bill course. Burr did a whole stand-up routine on the NFL draft and how stupid it is that people plan their whole day around it and spend money to go to it. And it made me laugh so hard.
0: You know, I, I can get into those state of mind sometimes too, but then I try not to, because then if you really go down that rabbit hole, then you realize that literally everything we do is <laughs> stupid.
2: I, r- I know. I know. I'm not <laughs>
0: like, how stupid is it that we all have like 75 shirts? You don't need 75 shirts. You probably need three. Right. You know? Right. You're not wrong. How stupid is it? Everything's stupid. Besides books and like praying, <laughs> <laughs>
2: everything else is pretty, and eating, everything else is pretty stupid. All right. You're right. Let's not go down this path. That's, that's right. So every, just let people enjoy it. No, I, I think it's yeah. funny. I just, it's uh, like not my thing. It's uh, funny though. It
0: is funny that there's this like event where they call the names of young men and then other men have full-on meltdowns over it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's actually sort of pathetic when you think about it. Yeah. Well, Carolyn, this was great. I can't wait to recap the, the uh, NFL draft with you in a couple weeks, but uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming by.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Your favorite segment of the week, Chicka Does Know Sports with our good friend Carolyn. It's true. You don't need 30 shirts. You don't need 75 shirts. I have 150 shirts probably. I wear like six of them. More on shirts, more on the NFL Draft. Kyle Sample in studio after this. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Welcome back, everybody. Happy draft day, our draft evening, as it were. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Thursday. It's Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Now joined in studio by my good buddy Kyle Sample, dedicated Niners fan. If you're watching on SWX Montana TV, you can see it. He's got his Niners jersey, his Niners hat, his Niners smile, but it's not all roses here. A little bit of anxiety coming up. We will have full coverage of the NFL draft, as we already have on Nuanas Now. Coming up right after this on ESPN Radio, we'll go to the national broadcast right at 6 p.m., so we'll have you front and center for when the Jacksonville Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson University with the number one overall pick, and then the fun will begin. Probably not until after number two. Sounds like Zach Wilson for BYU is going to go to the New York Jets, so quarterback's the top two and maybe quarterback's the top three. We'll get into that in a minute, but sample... What is it about the draft? Why? Why why are we so cumulatively obsessed with this as an American sporting public?
1: Because it's the NFL. Right. I and mean, it's the NFL. But, and then we just so love people, to
0: project. So many people love the NFL draft more than even the NFL in a lot of ways, right?
1: People love the NBA offseason more than the NBA. We just love the thing where we just get to traumatize and we don't know and we get to speculate and we get to act like we are the experts, even though we know as much <laughs> or as much. As the actual experts, who I'm convinced know absolutely nothing. My
0: brother and I were talking about this the other A good save. My brother and I were talking about this the other day. The uh, I do think that there's certain uh, front office executives and people that that make these sorts of decisions, or at least have a say in these sorts of decisions, that do know an exceptional amount of NFL uh, everything, personnel uh, alignment, personnel evaluation, uh, salary cap stuff. I, you know, the Aussie Newsoms of the world. That guy knows more than any of us. He knows more than everybody in the NFL, too. That's why they're so good. Roger Kraft and his whole team, they know more than most people. That's why they're so good. I actually am wondering if the 49ers are sort of creeping toward that that realm, but I also agree that there are a lot of people with pretty high-level football positions that do not necessarily have really high-level football knowledge. I've always thought that the guys that cover the NFL, like Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen and you know on down the line, TJ Rappaport, all these guys, Ian Rappaport, excuse me, uh, I swear they could just step in and be better uh, or at least as good of front office guys as a lot of the the guys that actually hold those positions.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably. I, I totally agree with you. I think there's a lot of guys in the front offices who don't know anything. Um, but I guess mine is like more towards these reporters who are just like filling time with whatever they have to say. I, I don't know who it was, but I saw one guy yesterday say that the 49ers were either down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And then in the same interview said the 49ers don't know who they're going to take. It's so amazing. So how do they know which guy, but they don't know? But like, what? What are you saying? Like, do they know or don't they know? Do you report? Do you know what they know? Do you not know what they know? Are you just saying this because your producer says you have to say something? Like, what is it? I think it's so funny, too, because
0: when you slice and dice the way that, that journalism, especially in football, especially college level and above, works... Everybody has their guys. Like everybody, like I, we got when you were being a, a print journalist, we were working at Skyline Sports, and like we were doing this thing. You got your guys. You got your guys are your your coaches. Coaches that they want to know what you know. They'll tell you what they know. It's an exchange of information. It's transactional to be sure. But you get to be friends with these guys. But you got your coaches, and everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL and pro sports. The executives and the coaches—they got their guys, and vice versa. And I just think—I just think that these guys must be cracking up because I can't remember which guy goes with which. But there's definitely a guy that's a Kyle Shanahan guy, and there's definitely a guy that are John Lynch guy. And these, I can't remember who is who, but these guys have had conflicting reports from each other, and so you just have to think that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are like calling each other, and being like, "Ha ha, we got them all twisted up." Because it's not as if those guys are not on the same page or not talking—you know,
1: five times a day, every single day, right? I think they're the only two guys who actually know who the. 49ers right. are going to draft. I think they just play those guys. I think so, too. Just because they know, and it doesn't matter if, like, there's all this talk about, oh, the 49ers, are it's a smokescreen, it's a smokescreen. It doesn't need to be a smokescreen, because the draft starts with them, and they don't have to worry about what Denver wants to do or what anybody wants to do, because nobody's trading ahead of them, because the Jags are taking who they're taking, the Jets are taking who they're taking, and then the draft starts with the 49ers. So you don't need a smokescreen. And I just, like... This is like the low point of sports journalism is the NFL draft. Oh, is It's just pure speculation. Pure. Say whatever you want. Literally being wrong is
0: okay because it gets you another story. Because yes. you could say, oh, the, the, you could say, my sources have shifted, and now this is true. It went in a rally. You just had it wrong.
1: Right. The, wasn't, and you might still have it wrong. Wasn't it three days ago the, the, the Patriots weren't interested in any of the quarterbacks, right? I think that's what Todd McShay said. Then today, I'm at the gym, and they have uh, – on get up, the the Patriots are interested in trading up to get Trafe to get uh, Lance Field or Lance Field, uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. It's like, wh- wh- which is it? Are, are they not interested? Are they interested? Does anybody know anything? And like, why do we even follow? Why do we even follow it? Why do we even listen to what these people say as opposed to just being like, screw it, let's just wait till the draft happens. Because that's my that I've stayed on 49ers Twitter for like a week now because I've just had it with it. I I can't be I'm I, I'm one hundred percent confused as to what's going to happen.
0: Kyle Sample joining me, Colter Nuana's here on Nuana's now. So you were all about it. You we've been talking. I mean, you've come, already come on uh, twice in the last few weeks to talk about. All of this, especially when the Niners had traded up. And we've been talking a lot of Niners, not just because you're a fan, but because you follow it very uh, closely. And it's not just, I'm not just giving a platform for my Niners buddy. It has been the dominant franchise in terms of storylines in the NFL the last couple of months. It really has, just with the, the potential play for Deshaun Watson and the way that all fell apart and the speculation about Jimmy Garoppolo maybe being on the trading block and then the blockbuster trade that then created all of this drama that w- might occur tonight. But you were all hopped up earlier this week. Monday, you said, hey, want me to come on on Wednesday? I said, how about you come on Thursday? Leading right up to it. He said, okay, it's going to be stressful. but let's do it. I'm coming on. But that was before all of the dominoes of today started following. So this would be fascinating from the Niners' perspective, period, because they are sort of the launch point for tonight's draft. But then today, Aaron Rodgers basically comes out and says, it's over. We're getting divorced in Green Bay. I'm out. He has floated it to his agent. He hasn't actually floated it to the Packers, which that was the last report I had read. But he has basically said uh, that he has a couple destinations in mind. I heard Las Vegas. Denver. Denver and San Francisco. Obviously, the Bay Area connection. He went to Cal... It could be the reuniting of of the long-lost draft pick. That I mean, how crazy would it be that Alex Smith retires within the same month that Aaron Rodgers goes back to the 49ers? What that. an amazing storyline that would be. But regardless, I texted you, what do you think of A-Rodgers to the 49ers before you got in here? And you said, I don't think it's going to happen. But here or there, let's talk about multiple different scenarios here. One, Aaron Rodgers, if he's in the mix of the 49ers, how does that influence what they do with the number three overall pick?
1: If, they, if they've talked to Green Bay and Green Bay says there's a legitimate chance we'll trade him to you, if you're the 49ers, you have to do it. Because how many times have we talked about, right? Like if you, when when they were going after Deshaun Watson and people were saying it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. Uh, but what we talked about is when you're an NFL franchise, you don't know how many years you have. Right. So if you could go get the guy who was like a, Top, top three quarterback in the league last year and has been forever and is For like sure. arguably the most talented quarterback ever.
0: He, he was the MVP until when? I mean, who actually won the MVP
1: last year? I don't even remember. Didn't he? He did, that's
0: right. Yeah. he's the MVP,
1: yes. So, so top three quarterback in the league, certainly, yes, MVP yeah. of the league. So if you can get him, you just have to get him. You have to trade the number no three question. pick. You have to trade three more picks, three more first-rounders. I don't care because if he stays healthy... He could have four or five years left, right? Well, and also, they have the
0: best non-quarterback roster in the National Football League, and right? it's
1: built up to succeed for a long time. For sure. The way they've structured But it doesn't contracts. even
0: matter. That's the other thing I think that is so foolish with the way that people try to project pro sports runs and the way they make decisions. It goes back to, like, the Miami Heat conference. We're not going to win three, four, five, six, seven. It's like, no, 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 no. No one wins that. Nobody. One Super Bowl is more than half the teams in the NFL have. You can get one ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. That's more Super Bowls than yeah. the Vikings have. That's more Super... Have the Bears ever won the Super Bowl? Yeah, 1985. One time. Like, you have... You, if you get one Super Bowl, you equal historic franchises and exceed other solid franchises. So, even just one.
1: Right. And if you... If you win one in five years, it's a success. If you win two in five years... You are wildly successful. Like you yes. are winning almost half as the 49ers have won in their entire franchise history. So, like, if Green Bay says, "Yeah, we'll consider trading him to you," you have to go out and get him because you have the best draft capital of anybody else. Uh, the Raiders can't trade n- the number three pick. Denver can't trade the number three pick. Like you can trade Jimmy Garoppolo and the number three pick. So you you think you think that this would involve that third pick? Has to. You think so? If you're Green Bay, you can't not get the third pick. Interesting. You, you have to get it.
0: Because I had heard speculation that they were going to get a, a couple picks w- with Jimmy Garoppolo but not
1: the number 3 pick. I just don't know how you if you're Green Bay's if you're Green Bay's general manager and you don't demand that. Right. I mean you're trading arguably the most talented quarterback of all time. Right. And you can't get who is also him. the reigning MVP. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not as
0: if he was once an MVP. He is like the reigning the MVP. The
1: you're the guy with the leverage if you're the GM. Because even if you don't trade him, you still have Aaron Rodgers, right? Is Aaron Rodgers going to sit out? Maybe. But if he does, isn't, doesn't he just have to retire? How many years does he have left on his contract? Well, I mean,
0: I guess the, the, the trump card would be if he, go, he just wants to retire because he wants to go be on Jeopardy. You could do that.
1: <laughs> you could do that.
0: Regardless. Okay. So there's one scenario. The Niners don't have the number three pick because they're trading it to the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers. That in itself is rich. I like that. Let's say they can trade for Aaron Rodgers and it does not include the number three pick. Then what do you do? Who, if you know you're getting Aaron Rodgers, you're getting Aaron Rodgers. You're giving away. Let's say you're giving two seconds. I don't know what they have, but let's, say you're, first let's few, say you're let's say you're giving away. Uh, you know, five draft picks through four to five draft picks and Garoppolo. Regardless of what, the, what, the, what it costs for Rodgers. But let's say you don't have to trade the number three pick.
1: What do you do with it? If I were them, I would draft either Penai Sewell from Oregon or Kyle Pitts. Both of those would be nice. That's what I would do. If I knew I was getting Aaron Rodgers. Or
0: if you get Aaron Rodgers, then maybe you trade down for a couple picks. You can do that. There's a couple teams that have multiple first-round picks. Like What if you, what if you traded uh, that number three pick to, the let's say, the Dolphins? To trade it to, the, oh, dolphins, yeah. the dolphins have 6 and
1: 18 just retrade it to trade it back to them because that's who they got it from <laughs> right yeah
0: so the yeah right so you could get, yeah retrade it back to them but but I don't think the dolphins would trade up though because they don't they don't need to be in that third spot to take that, Plus they that need, quarterback they
1: need players I think so
0: right and they want to have the multiple yeah. picks that's why they traded down yeah okay say you didn't draft a non quarterback so uh, here's my thing is that there is a scenario where you could get Aaron Rodgers and then draft a quarterback with that spot. And that guy, whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, can learn behind Aaron Rodgers, a la how Aaron Rodgers did behind Brett Favre. That said, that's what caused the divorce in the first place. That was the final straw in the marriage between the Packers and the and uh, Aaron Rodgers. But you could also say that the divorce was already happening in Green Bay. Rodgers has always wanted to get out of Green Bay because he he's such a... He's one of those rare guys that is. he has a celebrity that exceeds his talent despite his talent being prodigious. Do you know what I mean? He's the guy that he has a pop culture name to, whether it's because of his brother being on The Bachelor or the Starlights that he's dated or whatever. Aaron Rodgers is pop culture famous, not just sports famous. And so I think that he has always thought that his cachet and his personality could attract some brand name free agents like Tom Brady has done since he moved away from New England and to Tampa Bay. But he hasn't gotten the chance because all these guys are like, well, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm not going to go live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, population 155,000 yeah. where it's negative 30 all year long. Not happening. Yeah. So you wonder, so so I guess what I'm saying is that did the actual Jordan Love pick actually piss Aaron Rodgers off or was that just the last straw into an already broken marriage? I guess, I guess the scenarios could be different if you drafted a Mac Jones or a Justin Fields in San Fran because Rodgers has already made his escape and now maybe he does mentor this younger quarterback.
1: Yeah, i th- I think they're both. I think they both are true. I think he was already upset because they haven't surrounded him with a lot of talent. Let's be honest. It's not a lot. Never of drafted talent.
0: a receiver or a skill player in the, in the first, first, first
1: round. round. Yeah, and I think that really upset him. To to not be notified, I think was the thing that really upset him, right? Sure. I mean, isn't that what he said, or isn't that what was reported yeah. today? Was it was not being notified?
0: There's also there's also the element that right or wrong, and this is something that uh, not just elite athletes, but some people have, and it's a it's a double edged sword. But it's like the Michael Jordan, where you find any and every way that anybody's ever wronged you to just to stir your own pot to yeah. to make yourself motivated. I mean, Rogers had the the the. Uh, Story where he said, yeah, I texted the GM, and then I turned off my phone, and I drank like six scotches, sat there and thought for a while, and then I didn't turn my phone back on until I did like three days of rigorous training, and I was ready to roll. And the GM, by the way, in the meantime, sitting there calling him like a hundred times, thinking Aaron Rodgers is just out. Uh, but but that's what some of the great ones do, right? Right or wrong, they're psychos. They do this to themselves.
1: Yeah. But if I were the 49ers and I knew I was getting Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I would not draft a backup quarterback because I would... I would wait. If you got four years there in Rodgers, right, that offensive line is pretty good. Uh, sure. You could make it better with this draft pick.
0: For sure. And um, his game is so predicated on a lot of things that aren't going to
1: degrade with a couple more years of age, right? Plus, I mean, plus the transition to the offense is not going to be that difficult because LaFleur and Shanahan run pretty similar stuff. Um, I would wait. I would just wait until he's, like, older, and then I would try to do the same thing where you trade up and try to get a quarterback then, like... But I would I would strengthen the roster. And there's not a lot of areas. They need secondary help. Um, they could probably use another pass rusher. But you have to then consider how much draft capital you are giving up, not only to get that number three pick, but then also to get Aaron Rodgers. And you have to draft a guy who is transcendent. And this is something that we talked about the other day. Yeah. Is all this quarterback discussion at number three has completely overshadowed so many, uh, like a few guys in my mind, who are very transcendent uh, talents No question Benelli P- Sewell Is one of the best I mean he's probably the, What the second best Offensive line prospect Of the last half dozen
0: years Behind only Quentin Nelson From Notre Dame Who was a I mean, all pro The day he came out I mean he's He's incredible He won the Outland Trophy Two years in a row right but as an underclassman There's right. never been An Outland Trophy winner That was an underclassman and He did it as an underclassman Twice Right
1: and he's, a, and he's a physical marvel. Didn't you see him? I saw
0: time? him when the, the Grizz played at Oregon in 2019 yeah. when he was a freshman. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Who is this guy? I mean, 6'6", 325, that's, and he's not fat. It's You're like sitting there looking at this guy. How is this person even a, a real
1: human? How are we the same species? Right. And there's a lot of questions with the 49ers. Is McGlinchy a good tackle? If he's not, you could draft Sewell. You could kick McGlinchy back the inside the guard. Yeah and you've just strengthened your offensive line, and now you have Aaron Rodgers for four years, right? However, this is you're getting me a little too excited because it's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's, just it's just not, not going to happen.
0: happen. More on why it's not going to happen. More on all the non-quarterbacks in this draft. Here on is Now right after this. Keep it here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Asked you this before? Are you a modest mouse guy?
2: Yeah.
0: Me too. You ever seen them live? Yeah, that's how I fell in
1: love. They they're, play. They play so many instruments. I couldn't believe what I was watching when I saw it on stage. Right? I, it was. I was blown away. I, I, I didn't really know their music, and I saw them at Big Sky, and I was like, "Oh, this is it for me. I love these guys." Yeah, they're
0: awesome. When I saw them at Big Sky, I, this was. I think there was. They came here a couple times. Yeah. yeah so I we were not together this. The time I was there. It was a late September night, and it was really cold. I was there. Oh, okay, and it was yeah. rainy? Yeah. And and the instruments were out of tune, and they like went off the stage for like half an hour, and everybody was like booing, what what the hell? And then they came back, and they were kind of tuned and, and ready to rock.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Was, oh, so we were at the same <laughs> show.
0: We just didn't yeah. even know it. It was great. Well, shout out to my guy, Gavin. We had a great time uh, in the rain at Modest Mouse. Welcome back into Nuanas now. Your one-stop shop for all things music analysis, but also sports. Right here on 129 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. Missed anything in the show? You can find it on the podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. You can bet on the Sports Bet Montana uh Kiosks and as well as on the Sportsbet Bet Montana app as well on the NFL draft. Who's gonna go where? The odds for the the number one pick are like negative ten thousand. So you gotta bet you gotta bet thousand dollars to win a dollar on Trevor Lawrence. So you know, if you got a million, put it on there. Maybe do you it. add hundred thousand dollars to your bank account. It's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. It's the surest money ever.
0: It's free money. I mean, really, if you have money, do it. If you just wanna make a dollar, you could still make a dollar. If you have ten thousand dollars, put a dollar. Whatever. Uh, Trevor Lawrence certainly going number one, but betting on the rest of them could be fun. So uh, head on down any of your local uh, Sports Bet Montana vendors. You can uh, download the app and bet there in the casino, in the bar, in the restaurant, wherever it might be. Or you can also do it via just straight up putting your cash money in the machine as well. Sports Bet Montana and the NFL Draft, a good way to have fun while you're watching who your favorite and least favorite teams might pick. Okay, so what do we want to talk about here? We already have hashed out this 49ers thing pretty much ad nauseum. I think that everybody's tired of it. We were talking uh, briefly, though, about the other prospects in the draft. And I think that... So so let's assume you think that Aaron Rodgers is not getting traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Mark Slareth, who I don't know what kind of reporting clout he has. He's an analyst, but he's not a reporter. He is saying that uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos is a done deal. I'm not buying that whatsoever because, first of all, he's not a reporter. He's an, an analyst. Second of all, he... Uh, for the Broncos, so it seems like there's a lot of uh conflict of interest there. Regardless, throw that away. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation, cut and dry, the San Francisco 49ers do not trade for Aaron Rodgers. Therefore, then they have the number three pick. You're on the clock. Who are you taking?
1: Who am I taking, or who do I think they're going to take? Both. Okay. Who do you want? I, I for some reason want Justin Fields. I can't justify it. I just watched him, and I really liked what I saw. I watched him for two years, and I really like him. I think he's a gamer. Um, I think some of the stuff that's being said about him, I think it's overcomable with good coaching. So I want him. I think they're going to draft Trey Lance. I don't know why. That's just what I've come to um, eight minutes before this thing starts. You think they're going to draft Trey Lance? I do now. You yeah, do. I've gone. I've gone. So I've. I've. I've just gone. But I've thought they were going to draft Justin Fields for a long time. Um, but but most of the leaks say Mac Johnson. You're saying the leaks are lies. Yeah, I think they're going to draft Trey Lance. And what
0: do you think is the determining factor? Is it is it just how good he is on the board and his interviews and his intellect
1: and all that? I think that's part of it. And I think like what they say like his um, his accuracy issues are for from fundamental. Um, issues with his footwork Sure I think those are Overcomable right With a good quarterback coach Well he's also you like 20 get He's like 20 yeah. years old yeah. right yeah. So I think you can get past I mean, he that he
0: will be the youngest In terms of class Not age Not birth date But in terms of his class I believe he will be The youngest quarterback Ever drafted right Because, uh, because know. Know you, you have to be Three years removed From your senior year Of high school To enter the NFL draft That's the only rule Three years removed From your right. senior year Of high school Right So like that Okoye guy that went to the the Texans once upon a time, he was the first 20-year-old drafted because he had graduated high school early. He played three years at Louisville and then was drafted, right? Right. But Trey Lance only played one college season and then one game. He was a redshirt freshman, and then he played one game of what would have been his redshirt sophomore year, but then he came in. So he's the only... In terms of if you got your COVID year, he would be entering this next fall as a redshirt freshman. He's the first redshirt freshman ever to be drafted. So that's amazing too. Like right his his upper trajectory is high because of just his lack of experience. I mean, he's played 17 games that weren't high school games ever. Yeah. So th- you're right. He can fix things.
1: He could. I, th- I mean, I used to think that if you're not accurate, you're not accurate, but Josh Allen wasn't accurate and all of a sudden he was. So I think you put in the work and if he's as smart as everybody says he is, he could be incredible. So I think they're going to draft him. That's that's what I've come to.
0: And that'll break my heart because I want him to fall to the Minnesota Vikings. But regardless, okay. So you think so? Lance is off the board, okay. Falcons are up at number four. Do they draft Matt Ryan's heir apparent, or do they draft Kyle Pitts or Pinelli Sewell, two of the transcendent prospects that we were alluding
1: to in the last segment? If I'm their GM, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is insane. Insanely talented, and if Arthur Smith is as good an offensive mind as he's supposed to be, Kyle Pitts is going to be. I mean, he's going to be. a He could be an All Pro his first year.
0: It's like you were saying too. He's not, he's not a receiver.
1: He's not a receiver. He's not a receiver. He's not a receiver. He is a. He. I mean, he's not a tight end. He is a receiver. That's that, what I'm saying. That's yeah, what, what what I'm saying. End,
0: Excuse me, I misspoke there as well. Yeah. He is a. He is a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. We got to think of this. Here's the devolution. We don't have enough time for this, but. The evolution of the tight end position, there's such a, a variation of tight ends, and very few are George Kittle, where you could be at an inline tight end, a true Y, a true H, a true Z, if you wanted to be, or a true slot. Kittle can do all those things. Mm-hmm. That's why he's such a game-changing piece. you got to think of a guy like Pitts as sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes an H, almost never an inline guy. Oftentimes, your Y, your slot, your split, He's gonna be lining up outside of the tackle box, not on the line of scrimmage, more often than not. And I think that's how you have to think about it.
1: Yeah, it makes it harder for Smith to like disguise some things, but yeah, that's the that's the that's the beauty of Kittle is you can disguise so much in San Francisco's offense because of his skill set. So
0: let's say uh they the Niners somehow did swing a trade for Aaron Rodgers and they had the number three pick. What if they could draft Pitts? That would be pretty
1: Like I said, either memorable. Sewell or Pitts. Yeah.
0: We don't have enough time to break down the entire thing. We did a huge mock draft yesterday on Nuana's Now, so you can listen to that on the podcast. But we only have about a minute left, Sample. But who do you think is going to be the most underdrafted player in this draft? Because I think that there's several guys, whether it's the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, or uh, a transcendent talent and Jamar Chase out of LSU, or a guy like Micah Parsons, who's the fastest defensive end objectively in the history of the draft, or a guy like Penelope Sewell, or, I mean, we could see for the first time and I don't even know how long that the best corner in the draft doesn't go in the top ten in Patrick Sertan. So who do you think, though, is going to be the most underdrafted player in this draft? Like the guy who's draft. Who's Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day, visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.